morning, everyone. It's great to be together again. Just before we we come to God's Word, just have a, a couple of announcements. Just say that next Sunday evening, instead of our normal prayer time, will be an evening of information for our Holiday Bible Club. So if you're hoping, if you've already said you can help with that, or if you're wondering at, at the moment, you may or may not, please come next Sunday evening um, for information about that. And even if you're not able to help during the week, we would love you to be there to pray for our holiday Bible club. Also, another thing in the summer, we I, I put a message in, in the group during the week. So those of you that are in that WhatsApp group, you'll be aware of. We're hoping to take seven jam of our jam kids to Malayal Baptist Camp this year. And there's a fair cost with that for the family, so we would really like to be able to subsidize that for them. So we're just asking if you would like to be part of that and if you would like to give towards helping the the children be able to go to camp. Um, You can either just bring an envelope um, on a Sunday morning to give to Irish, or you can give um, online, just remembering um, to state that it's for um, Malayal Camp. Now we come to God's Word again. Um, we, this morning we continue with our series in Hebrews. And this morning we're beginning to think about Abraham from Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, it's verses 8 through to 12. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, we'll read from verse 8 this morning. So Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 8, this is God's word. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Some years ago, I did a mission trip to China, and the purpose of the trip was delivering Bibles and teaching material all around various parts of China. And there are many things from that trip that have stuck with me, but one thing that continues to um, stand out in my mind was a day I encountered two elderly English couples. You can put your own age on elderly, but these two couples were obviously in their latter years. They weren't, didn't appear overly fit um, physically, and yet they were walking about in 40 degrees heat hauling heavy rucksacks of Bibles and teaching material. 
Now, both of these couples had, had their own families back in England. Uh, and you look at them and you wonder, why have you worked all your life to torture yourself walking around China? We would say they're a glutton for punishment. Why were they not at home enjoying their rose gardens in the summer with their feet by the fire in the winter and enjoying whatever years they had entertaining grandchildren? Why would they go against everything the world might tell them? Why would they sacrifice comfort and care? How did they bring themselves to do this? I believe the answer is by faith. This morning and over the next few weeks, we learn from Abraham what it means to live by faith. This morning we'll see that by faith Abraham obeyed God. By faith Abraham lived for a better land. And by faith Abraham trusted God to do the impossible. So firstly Abraham obeyed God. We see that in verse 8. Look at verse 8 with me. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now this takes us right back to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindreds and your father's house to the land that I will show you. We read verse 4 of Genesis 12. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. The way this is written here suggests to us instant obedience from Abram. Abram, who had grew up in a prosperous family, who was currently living in a well-to-do area with his extended family around him, at 75 decides to up sticks and move. Now, of course, people will often move in their latter years for greater comfort and security. But this is certainly not the reason Abraham was moving. And I think actually the greatest shock here is that Abram didn't know where he was going which the writer in Hebrews 11 emphasizes, saying he went out not knowing where he was going. Abram here was living out the faith described in verse 1 of chapter 11. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You see, faith is trusting God when we do not know what lies ahead. Faith is not determined by geography, where we are and knowing where we're going. Faith is not determined by by the people we're currently with and and what they bring to us. But faith is determined by who God is. In many ways, it was crazy what Abraham did. Listen to what Stephen says about Abraham in Acts 7. This is a speech that Stephen made before his death. 
And he gives a history of God's people beginning with Abraham. In Acts 7, uh, verse 2, Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred, and go into the land that I will show you. It's like when Abraham caught hold of the God of glory, it was like nothing else mattered but God's word and God's promise. And we read on in Acts 7 and we see, yes, that God brought Abraham to Canaan, the land he promised, yet gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had still no child. You see, all Abram ever owned in the land was a burial plot, and yet, because of who God is, Abraham trusted God and moved in to the unknown. Richard Coeken says, he says, if Abram knowing as little of God as he did, was able to leave his country and people behind, we, us today, who see much more of the glory of God in Jesus, won't mind leaving the things of this world behind for Christ. And so the challenge comes to us this morning. Will we, by faith, leave comfort, security, and familiarity to walk into the unknown? Perhaps for you it may be a call to another country, a complete break from what is your norm. Perhaps it's a call to train at Bible college, Perhaps it's a call to explore overseas missions and move country. Perhaps this is something you've thought about um, over time, but the security of your job and salary and the comfort you receive from family and friend circles have prevented you from this. Of course, it doesn't have to be overseas. Perhaps you could work reduced hours to dedicate more time to the local church and and direct evangelism. Or perhaps you could remain longer at work to give more support to missionaries. Perhaps it's something much more simple. Perhaps you could sacrifice a regular coffee with a good friend, even sometimes to have a more uncomfortable coffee with a person who needs Christ. We think of the response of the disciples when Jesus called them. We read in Matthew 4, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, simply going about their day's work. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
immediately they left their nets and followed. Jesus saw two other brothers working in the family business. Jesus called them and likewise, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now in Mark 10, Peter questions Jesus about the sacrifices they had made to follow him. Jesus responds, he says this, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this life and in the age to come eternal life. And that brings us really to our next point. That by faith, Abram looked to a better city. Look at verses 9 and 10 with me. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. See, Abraham lived in the promised land as a stranger. It was his temporary residence. He didn't put roots down there. He didn't buy land or property, but but lived in tents. And he wasn't just blending into the surrounding land. He was a foreigner, and he wasn't trying to hide that. Here we ask, well, how did Abraham sustain this? How did Abraham live in this way? Well, the answer is by faith. By faith in an unseen world. He didn't put permanent roots down because the writer of the Hebrews tells us he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. And we're not just speaking about the land of Cana here. Because as we see in verse 16 of chapter 11, Abraham was looking forward to a better country, a heavenly country. Yes, God promised his people a land, the focus of that land would be Jerusalem and the temple where God's presence would be. But as we have noted, I think each week, all that God established in the Old Testament was there to point forward and to give way to something better and greater and superior and lasting. God would build a lasting city through the work of Jesus Christ. This city would be established through Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And that city will be complete. We will see that city when Christ himself returns in all its glory. We read in Revelation 21... Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, 
prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. There's the focus of that heavenly city. This is the very city that Abraham was looking forward to by faith. It was this city and this city alone that would be his permanent residence. A city with no tears or death or mourning or crying or pain. Isn't that where every heart longs to make their permanent residence? The old temporary earth will be replaced with the new heavenly permanent earth. The writer of the Hebrews explains there are things, all things here and now, that will be shaken, that will simply pass away. But there are things, kingdom, city, that cannot be shaken. And so the writer says, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And these believers that the writer to the Hebrews was addressing, they could take great encouragement from these words. As they lived as foreigners, as strangers in a land, tempted all the time to be conforming to those around them, they can remain steady by faith, looking forward to the city that cannot be shaken ever. So today, will you, by faith, look to what is unseen, heaven? You know, people will, will sometimes talk about their forever home. Perhaps they're in a house that's, that's not their forever home, and so they won't give too much time or money or attention to it, but when they find their forever home, that place where they will put down roots and remain, well, there'll be no holding back there. All time and money and attention will go into making this forever home all they wanted it to be. Of course, the phrase is a nonsense, isn't it? Forever home? You really think you'll be there forever? How easy it is for us to live here and now like this is our forever home. So many of us suffer from what Run Rider refers to as the chameleon syndrome. We're, we're strangers living in this land. Yes, we're looking forward to a heavenly city. And yet, we just look like everyone else around us consumed with houses and education and meaningless activities and fitness and whatever else. In John Piper's well-known and provocative book, Don't Waste Your Life, 
He talks about the tragedy of Bob and Penny, who took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast. He's speaking where he is. Uh, when, when he was 59 and she was 51. He says, now they live in Florida where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler playing softball and collecting shells. And Piper's whole idea in this book is to challenge the idea of the American dream, to have a nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement, and so forth, and to collect shells as the last chapter before you stand before the Creator. See, people will say, this is the only life I've got. Guys, this is not the only life we've got. Please, don't live like this is your forever home. You can cure your Chameleon syndrome by faith. Will you live by faith as a stranger, not desperate to fit in here, but longing, in fact, to stand out, making the most of every opportunity to present the gospel? Again, I refer to Richard Coeken. And he brings the challenge. He says, if you haven't explained the gospel to anyone recently, it's worth asking if you have been silenced by a desire to fit in. And then in turn, ask God for obvious opportunities. If you haven't explained the gospel to anyone recently, it's worth asking if you have been silenced by a desire to fit in. And then in turn, to ask God for obvious opportunities. And you know, as we know, as Christian believers, whose eternal home is heaven, as we know what it is to live in a land that is not our home, we know what it is to live as foreigners, I I wonder, can we use this to to move towards, to identify, to to connect with foreigners and newcomers living among us here in this country? Can we even use this as a means of explaining the glorious gospel that brings us to a perfect and permanent residence in heaven with God? Well, thirdly and finally this morning, we see that by faith Abraham and Sarah trusted God to do the impossible. We see this in verses 11 and 12. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. See, by faith, Sarah, who was 90 and Abraham 100, by faith, Sarah received power to conceive. Now, their faith was by no means perfect. Um, Both Sarah and Abraham laughed. 
as they found God's word so difficult to believe, that God really would give them a son, that from them there really would come a nation that no one would be able to number. And they even tried to go about it their own way. Abraham had a son, Ishmael, with Hagar. But what we see here is that faith is believing against all the odds that God would do what he said. Listen to Romans 4. Paul here is, through those first few chapters, he's been continuing to build the argument of salvation by faith alone. And he comes to use Abraham as an example of faith. Um, we read in Romans six, or sorry, Romans chapter four, verse sixteen. Abraham, who is the father um, of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, here's Abraham, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith, despite even trying to do it his own way. He still held on deep down. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Abraham grew strong in faith as he continued to trust God's word against all the odds. And as verse 12 in Hebrews 11 reminds us, God was indeed faithful to his word. Because from Abraham and Sarah were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So through Abraham's family, another son was born through an impossible conception, God's son, Jesus Christ. And as Paul goes on to explain in Romans 4, Jesus Christ was delivered up for our sins, crucified, taking the punishment for our sins. But God raised him brought him to life again for our justification, proving the penalty of sin really was paid for. The way to God was open for all who would put their faith in Jesus. And all who put their faith in Christ, they too will be raised to new life, life forever with eternal blessing. Today, will you, by faith, believe that God can do the impossible? That God can bring life where there is no life.
If you have never placed your faith in Jesus, I urge you to do that today and experience new life with eternal blessing. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus, will you continue by faith to trust God to do the impossible? As you look around to those spiritually dead, do you have faith that God can bring life? Do you have faith to, to join us here on the first Sunday evening of each month to pray that God's Spirit would bring new life to many people here in Craigavon and in each of our given contexts? As you know, we're planning three weeks of door-to-door in June. Do you have faith to believe that as God's Son is proclaimed, God's life-giving Spirit works? Do you have faith to take God at his word? That when we pray and when we proclaim Christ, that is in fact God's means of bringing new life. And in your own life, do you have faith to trust God to do the impossible in your life, in the future. Do you believe that even when you die, yet shall you live? Do you believe that when Christ returns, the dead in Christ will rise? And those who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Take God at his word and encourage one another with these words. Let's pray together. Our God, we thank you again for these examples of faith that you have given to us through Hebrews 11. We thank you for Abraham and the faith that you gave to him. God, we thank you for the faith you've given to each of us in your son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you have given us new life when we were dead. We thank you that you will give us life again in the future, that even when we die, yet shall we live. And even again, you will give us new bodies that will never, ever perish or suffer. And God, as we have known that experience in our lives. May we be encouraged and motivated and driven to see your spirit work and move and bring you new life to others. God, we pray in order to see this happen that we would be willing by faith 
to leave comfort, security, and familiarity. We pray that by faith we would look to the city that is ahead, an eternal, permanent, heavenly city. And by faith we would pray and proclaim Christ and see you glorified through the salvation of men and women. God, as we look to the next few weeks, will you stir us up both to pray and to proclaim Christ where you give us opportunity. And Father, those of us this morning who are weary, who are struggling in various ways, May we leave encouraged that we have a bright future ahead. God, continue to work in our hearts. Change us from within, even into the likeness of Jesus Christ, we pray in his name. Amen. Come to the Lord's table again. I just read those words, just a few words from Romans um, chapter 4. That Christ was delivered up for our trespasses. Christ died in our place for our sin, taking our punishments. So by faith, we could receive Christ's righteousness and know God's great salvation. Let's give thanks for what we will receive just now. Loving God, we thank you for the privilege of being around your table again. Again, we thank you for this bread and for this cup, pointing us again to the sacrifice of Christ Christ who was delivered up for our trespasses, for our sins. So by faith we could receive his perfect righteousness. Be brought into your very presence. No peace with you and no eternity with you. In an eternal heavenly home. So God, as we eat and drink this morning, please accept our humble thanks. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you are looking to Christ